The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-Line U, Bunch of Dudes. A lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by 4th and Dude. Season 2, Week 3. Holy Cross was more like Holy Loss on Saturday, as the Eagles enacted revenge over their Coconut Grove rivals, dominating the Crusaders by a score of 62-14. to The A.J. Dillon Heisman campaign is officially back on. The preseason is officially over, and the Eagles will look to keep the momentum going as they travel to Winston-Salem on a short week. On today's episode, we'll do some storm chasing, talk dude or pood, and break down what the Eagles have to do to start 3-0 for the first time since 2007. Matt, it's been a great two weeks so far. Uh, I'm really looking forward to finally taking off the training wheels, getting ACC play underway, uh, and finally seeing what this team is all about, Hurricane and all. I'm just, I'm, I'm really just excited that we are going to be able to get, get this game in. We're lucky playing down in this part of the country this weekend. A lot of games are canceled, but fortunately the Thursday kickoff uh, in the short week is actually going to help us here. It's, I think we're the only game left in just that about. state at least, Yeah, right? just, just about. The whole Southeast is, uh, these millennials, I'll tell you, they're canceling games left and right. Well, it's a pretty bad storm as we'll get into in the uh, segment that, that you know, we're going we're gonna to talk some hurricanes in. But uh, before we do Matt, that, just I think to just, be clear, just to be clear, I have nothing on the hurricane forecast. I figured you'd blow that out of the water. That's going to be my, that's be gonna the, be my section. The storm yep. chaser. So that's going to be my section. That. Yep. Maddie meteorology is what they're, what they've been calling me this week. <laughs> Uh, so before we get into that, I think we should just touch on the Holy Cross game. Again, I think very quickly because the game was uh, a glorified scrimmage at best. We got, what, a quarter, if that, out of all our starters, just six carries from AJ. Um, so, I mean, you know, I look at it as a complete nothing game. It was a scrimmage, as I as I said. Uh, like you mentioned in the intro, AJ Dillon is still a monster. This was the video game performance that we all wanted, albeit for only six carries, but six for 149 is pretty remarkable. Uh, got him a lot of positive you know, press on Twitter and Reddit and all that over the weekend. So uh, all of everyone's concerns about Davon Jones stealing his, his touchdowns, I think we can put to bed for at least one week. Yeah, I, I have two notes related to the game written down here, Matt. Uh, one is A.J. Dillon, 24.8 yards per carry. That's a lot. That's a really good average. Good number, yep. Um, and if you, if you do some math, uh, do a little extrapolation, he, he probably would have ran for about 1,500 that game. Um, if Dads had let him. So uh, pretty solid performance there. Um, even the twos looked completely, uh, Holy Cross looked completely outmatched, as you would expect. I mean, they're a, uh, you know, barely an FSS, FCS school at this point. So, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. You don't want to read anything into it. Um, the other thing I had written down here, Matt, was two blocked punts, um, yeah. which is also not a good look for BC. Not good. Um, but again, I think they had their fourth stringers out there um, at that point. So uh, I'm not too worried. I, I know the, the Daz apologists. Is that the right word? Uh, like to, You're a Daz apologist. That's right. Okay. 
the opposite of that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll just nitpick at anything, and, and people were all up in arms about that, it seemed like. But uh, at the end of the day, hopefully our, our fourth stringers don't get in there against any real opponent. Um, we got bigger fish to fry. We probably shouldn't be wasting practice time practicing fourth-team punts anyway. So that's my take on the game. That's all I have, Matt, uh, and ready for the regular season to start. Yeah, I hear you. Other good news, too, uh, no major injuries. John Baker didn't play. Alec Lindstrom played in his place. Or, yeah, Alec is the younger brother. Played in his place. Uh, Daz says that's kind of precautionary more than anything, and, and uh, he'll be good to go on Thursday. Other thing to note, uh, Colton Littingberg uh, was out. Joe Tessitore's kid was was uh, doing all the kicking on Saturday. Uh, apparently that is an injury, and uh, it kind of wasn't discussed. I don't, maybe it's just because like, he's a kicker. but I didn't read that, Matt. That's an insider take. Yeah, he, it was mentioned at the Jake and Joe's show uh, on Monday night. Uh, with with Coach Adazio, so yeah, that's wow. that's that's all we have there. But otherwise, no injuries. And again, I think you know for for coming on now a short week, uh, that was everything you could ask for. Get everyone out, you know, after half a quarter, fully rested. It'll be like you know we're playing on a full uh, week's of rest. So yeah, that's that's what I have for Holy Cross. Heisman's back on, best team in the ACC still, best offense in the ACC. Uh, our S and P rating or one of those statistical ratings has us ranked as like a top ten team in the country, which you know is probably. 13. Yeah, it's probably a little. It's probably a little skewed. Again, I'll, you know, I'll just blame it on uh, us beating up on bad teams. But it's nice to see BC in the top fifteen of anything. Uh, we kind of stayed steady in the AP poll, and again, the season starts tomorrow. Yeah, and I guess the last thing we'll say about Wake is, you know, obviously when you, when you schedule a Holy Cross and a UMass back to back like that, you know, a couple of cupcakes, and you jump into conference play week three, um, you know, the concern is that you haven't played real competition yet. And, and Daz addressed that in the press conference. He said, yeah, we, you know, we're going ones versus ones in practice this week. It's a short week, but, you know, we're, we're throwing the studs against the studs. Um, our guys will be ready to play. They're, they're, they're ready to play against a real opponent here. You know, AJ's only played about 10 minutes uh, total this season. Um, you know, he wants to get out there and show, show the country what he can do. Same thing with Anthony. So, uh, you know, it, it's really uh, put up or shut up time for the boys. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I have to imagine these guys are chomping at the bit you know, ready to, to face some actual ACC competition. Again, I think we said it, but, you know, scrimmages are nice, but this has really been a, you know, seven-week training camp, essentially, for these guys. That No one's played more than a full half yet. So I have to imagine these guys are going to come out flying tomorrow night. We're recording this on, on Wednesday night. They're going to come out flying. They're going to look really good. Uh, and they've been waiting for this for, for a very long time. So I think that's, you know, enough talk, quite frankly, about Holy Cross. Again, they're just exactly what we thought they would be. So let's move on to the segments. That sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, I'll kick it off with my dude of the week here. Um, my dude of the week is also my breakout dude of the year, um, which you guys will remember from episode one. Uh, Hamp Cheevers, the Hamp. The Hamp Cheevers, of course. Cheevers, there you go. Um, and we'll talk nicknames in a second here, Matt. Um, Hamp is is literally the best player in college football, I think, in history. Can I say that? Is that is that too no, much? No, I don't, I don't think I think that's fair. All he does is force turnover, force turnovers, and it's just it's. It's almost like he's, uh, and, and you, you'll know where I'm coming from on this. He's like the Doug Mirabelli of BC football. Do you get that, Matt? Uh, I don't. I'll, I'll I don't it. love the analogy, but yeah, go for it. So Doug Mirabelli, you guys remember, was the backup catcher for the Red Sox. Used to catch Timmy Wakefield. That guy, at least as far as I know, hit a dinger every single time he stepped up to the plate. He only played it once every five games, but when he was in there, he hit a dinger. I've never seen Mirabelli at bat 
and not hit a home run. Same thing with Sandy Leon, frankly. I, I have a weird thing going with, with backup Red Sox catchers, Matt. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, both of those, I'm just going to, as, as the math guy, both of those are statistically very inaccurate. Uh, I, I messed up. I'm ballparking it here. His, his um, Sandy Leon is, is, is one of, if not the single worst hitter on this current Red Sox lineup. Uh, but he's a phenomenal catcher, and the players love him, or the pitchers love him, and he's the guy that they want behind the plate. He's got what eight homers this year? I, I've seen all of them at least twice. So okay. I don't know what that I don't know what that means. And it, let's bring it back to Ham yep, for a let's, second. Let's, let's so, wheel it in. So yep. Ham obviously had limited minutes last year, and um, he still lit it up. He he had I think three or four turnovers last year in, in limited action. He he single handedly won the Louisville game for us with a forced fumble. Um, he had two other picks I think against uh, Syracuse maybe Virginia. I don't know. I think he might have had one matter. against Virginia. Yeah. And uh, this year, he's continued the same thing. He uh, he recovered a fumble uh, against UMass. He had a pick six to end the first uh, the first half against Holy Cross. Um, all Hamp does is just get his hands on the football and, and make plays for this defense. He's absolutely electric, um, and he's going to have a huge season. People are going to are going to forget who Lucas Big Swing and Dennis even is, Matt, because of how good Hamp plays. Well, I think they'll just both be really good. Again, you, you know, one thing that you, that Hamp does that you didn't mention is he prevents uh, future. Aerial and offensive attacks by the opposition, uh, very similar to what the Camp David Accords accomplished and, of course, the uh, Israel-Egypt uh, conflict in the mid-70s. Uh, so, again, Hamp David, Hamp, Camp David Accords, Hamp Cheevers Accords, just a reminder of everyone where that nickname comes from. And I'm going to introduce a new segment here. It's called, uh, hey, probably time to drop the Hamp Cheevers Accords nickname um, by coming up with some alternatives, which actually I, I crowdsourced to a, to a group and they came back with some good ones, Matt, all of which are better than Hamp Cheevers Accords. So okay, I'll be the judge of that. Off. Let's hear them. Yeah, I'd love to hear them. Okay, I'll go in order of, they're all pretty good, so I'll just I'll just go. Um, Hamp the Champ, pretty terrible, good. Terrible, What did a, a preschooler come up with that? Keep going. Uh, hampers, because he catches stuff and laundry catches ham- clothes. That's pretty terrible. Um, Hampton comes alive. It's one for the older folks. Peter Frampton comes alive. I, he was in a band, I think. I don't know which one. Is that a famous album? Should I know that? Keep going. Yeah, next. if you Google it, it's, it's Hampton. Okay. Uh, and then this last one's not great. I'll admit it's Hoover, and this one's a thinker. It's uh, Cheevers. Kind of sounds like Beavers. Beavers build dams, and Hoover is a dam. So we call him Hoover because uh, all everything I just said above. I mean this with, with, with no exaggeration in the nicest of ways of whoever came up with that nickname. That might be the worst logical jump and nickname I've ever heard in my life. So you were over for five on that. Coming from the Hamp Cheevers Accords. My, so himself. what are you going to – you're just going to call him Hoover? That's not even a good nickname. You're just going to call him You're going to call him Hamp Cheevers Accords the entire season. But you're going to call him Hoover. Like that doesn't make sense. Like Can the, you think of a you, better backfield in the country that has, by the way, two of the most electric – not electric, but two most unique nicknames yeah, than, than ours? I would say electric. Between Lucas and, and Hamps. So. I mean, if you're going to go on the Hoover Dam thing, by the way, you're better off doing like Cheever's Dam. I don't think that exists. Because you missed the point. No, I get – but Hoover more sounds like Cheever's. I, I don't know. Hoover Hoover is horrible. That's out. Matt, who's your dude of the week? Okay, my Let's dude of the week, and, and no surprise here, but it is Martin Jarmon for I think like the fifth time out of three weeks he's been the dude of the week. Finally – this past Friday, he released the throwback year that we have all been begging for. Obviously, the Fourth and Dude Twitter account led a big campaign and a big push for him to get that out. We were joined by uh, a number of folks in the BC Twitter sphere, and I'll tell you what: when this was actually released, when he when he dropped that video, walking through the bookstore with all of the new gear, I haven't seen BC Twitter this excited in a very long time. So clearly, the fans and the alumni and everybody eats this up. My hope is that he sees that excitement and it leads to more to come. You know, hopefully including a full uniform overhaul. 
I was able to grab a couple items, polo and a pullover, uh, of course. But from what I saw, you know, they were they were flying off the shelves. Like I checked back later that night, and a lot of stuff wasn't available, and then it was restocked. So uh, wildly popular. I really appreciate him for listening to the fans, which is how he started his video. And you know, quite frankly, to get serious, that is all you can ask for out of your athletic director to take in the feedback that the fans are going to provide. Uh, to actually, you know, better the program and, and you know, to, to give things that, that they enjoy. So great job by Martin Jarmond. Uh, again, due to the week, he's kind of my Adazio of last year for you, where Adazio is your due to the week every year. I can see uh, Martin being my due to the week every week for the remainder of the season. Look, I don't disagree. I think, you know, obviously he's, he's done great things as AD thus far. You and I saw him live uh, during the reunion. Um, he's a, he's a absolutely electric speaker. Um, and he's, he's very easy, very easy guy to root for and get along with. Um, just a couple of days ago, he posted a picture with Jared Dudley just popping around New York. So yeah, he's I'll that say, kind just, of guy. Just, just the only negative on that, he's in New York all the time. He always tweets pictures of it, but he has not uh, mentioned it to hit, us yet. He knows we're fourth and dude records. Yet, huh? He knows the fourth and dude records in New York City, and he has neglected to mention it. So uh, thank you for bringing that up because that might penalize him for due to the week next week. So I'm going to ban him from being due to the week next week. But I mean, that's all it is as an AD. It's something Brad Bates couldn't do, and it, it's something that a lot of people couldn't do. It's um, just listen to listen to the fans, right? Listen to the fans, and you come up with a, a retro logo, and, and you say, "Hey guys, I'm listening." That's I think that's ninety percent of being an AD. I think I'm probably qualified to be an AD at this point. That's literally all you have to do, yep. and hire the right people, obviously, which he has with Coach Adazio. Of course, yeah, because everyone knows he made that hire. Uh, anyways, uh, dude, shoot, yeah, it's close. You had it. Uh, <laughs> we didn't fire him though. He didn't, he didn't fire him last year when he could have. I guess. He's just as good as hiring. Yep, exactly. Uh, Duder, Pood, you want to get us started here? Uh, yeah, speaking of Daz, uh, I'll get into the Pood, I guess. So this isn't really a great one, but, uh, there's one or two people out there that were saying, why are we playing Holy Cross? What's the point? Why are we playing an FCS school? Um, why, why is our schedule so weak this year? Um, because UMass turned out to suck. Um, they also brought up, brought up Temple. Um, you know, Temple just lost to a couple really terrible schools, Buffalo, and then, uh, yeah, FCS school, I think. Villanova. Yeah, Villanova, that's right. And um, so the whole thesis was, and obviously it's Daz haters that haven't gotten with the program yet, but they're, you know, they're saying, oh, Daz is beating his chest about beating two horrible programs and, you know, thinks we should be ranked and, all, and just putting words in, into his mouth and making up, you know, claims about the schedule. Literally everyone plays FCS schools. It's cool that we're playing Holy Cross. We're bringing back a rivalry. Um we're giving them a nice little payday. We're, we're keeping their football program going. The fans had a great showing. They obviously care about their football. There's wins all around here. And, it's a, it's and, a no-brainer. Yeah, it's yeah, an Yeah, I, I don't want to spend too much time because I think it is literally probably one person. And it's Dan Shaughnessy, by the way. Dan Shaughnessy, Holy Cross alum. Yeah, yes. he was he was the loudest of all of them. But, yeah, it's, it's absolutely idiotic logic. It is a win-win. Like you said, every single person has to play FCS teams. They have 40,000 people in the stands for an FCS game. That won't happen with any other program in the country that we could bring in, you know, as an FCS opponent. Uh, ATL Eagle had a good article last week, but basically, you know, the, the schools that we should actually play for our FCS game should be like, there's like 15 of them. Uh, they should either be Catholic colleges or they should be Northeast schools. Simple as that. And Holy Cross obviously checks both box and adds in the extra awesome element of used to be one of the best rivalries in college sports. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Only thing I'll say about the, the whole Temple thing um, is when we scheduled Temple back like three years ago, they were coming off a uh, 
uh, number 20 in the nation ranking. They were 10 and three. People were jacked up when we scheduled Temple, but it's like, hey, let's just you know nitpick about anything we can and hate on Daz and hate on everything because that's who we are. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, he has come out and said, and like he, he's the first to admit this that like he would like to have he likes to have a light non conference schedule because the ACC is so hard, which you know. It would be cool from the fans' perspective to see, you know, Auburn come into alumni, but I also get his logic. We have, you know, by default, eight very hard games on our schedule. We don't need to make it worse by tossing in, uh, you know, powerhouses where we where we have to. I'm happy with future scheduling, at least that we have so far. You know, we got some exciting, you know, good destinations, Stanford type stuff. But yeah, I'm with you. I think. Well, we also have, uh, you know, Rutgers, and I think we have, is Kansas coming up. Kansas is Kansas is coming which is up kind of the Ohio years. State uh, way to do it, right? Yeah, Oregon State exactly. and then uh, Rutgers, and exactly. so I mean, that's not a bad way to do it either. Get some Power Five wins, but have it be the uh, the lowest of the low. It really doesn't matter. It matters what you do in conference, and uh, you know, there's there's no there's there's not a lot of to gain by you know having a tough at a conference slate when you play in the hardest conference right. in the country. Yeah, no, I completely agree. My my, I'll go with my food here. It's again pretty uh, weak as well because it's been a pretty easy week. Um, I'll, I'll start this with the caveat that the scrimmage does not matter. And as Daz said, this was like the fourth like the fourth unit and mismatched. But uh, it was concerning how bad our backups looked throughout uh, basically the entire time they were in, with some exceptions. Obviously, like EJ Perry looked good when he got his minutes and. Some other guys look good, but for the most part, for a lot of the game, really after the first quarter, Holy Cross, you know, played pretty even with us. Obviously, we wore them down at the end and size and all that, but it's a little bit concerning, even you know, with 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 our third string. And hopefully, these guys never actually see action, um, you know, this year at least. Obviously, they have time to get better, but uh, it is it, it was a little concerning at the time to say, all right, you know, Holy Cross, who is a bottom of the barrel FCS team, is you know basically holding strong with with our uh, threes again. It's a you know, it's a it's a it's a rich person's problem. Like we, we shouldn't. It's not the end of the world that our threes are not you know going to win the ACC this year. Uh, they'll get better and they'll be able to practice prime and ones again. Pretty clean week, so nothing really to complain about. And that's that's all I had. Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, these threes will become twos. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they will become ones. But um, you know, the headline is that they're getting some minutes. They're getting some quality uh, practice in against you know maybe not top opponents, but they're get, at least getting their yeah, feet getting wet. Live, they live can learn from it. And they won't lose any eligibility because of the new redshirting rules. So it's a win-win all around. And um, I think that's why Daz wasn't all that worked up about the punts or anything else that went wrong in that game. Right. No, I'm with you. Uh, On the positive side, just two quick ones. Uh, I love that we have this new play in the playbook. Uh, I call call it the pick six before halftime play. I don't know if that's the official name Which one is that? What do they do on that one? So it's it's usually in like the last 30 seconds. Uh, Sometimes it's actually the last play of the half. Uh, But they will get an interception and run it all the way back for a touchdown just to completely deflate the opposition. They must have been working really hard on it in the offseason because it's worked flawlessly so far in the first two weeks. Um, they've only done it at the, at the end of the first half rather than the second half. I would love to you know see if they are willing to expand that as you know games get closer. But right well, now, I think they, they want to go pretty vanilla for the first couple games. I completely, but maybe they're going to pull that out against Wake. Completely agree. But yeah, you know, huge credit to Daz and Jim Reed and the entire coaching staff for working so hard on that play in the offseason. Uh, really just added a new dimension to our playbook. So that's phenomenal news. Uh, my second one that we'll talk a lot more about in a little bit, uh, hurricane tracking. Obviously, yeah, weather related. Yep. Here yeah, we go. of course it is. And, and, you know, obviously the storm that's coming is not to be trifled with and it's terrible and it's a natural disaster. So nothing about that should be a, should be a dude. And it's not, but the physical tracking of the storm, I'll tell you what, this week has been an absolute rush following the 5 a.m., 11 a.m., 
5 p.m., 11 p.m. updates from the National Hurricane Center, seeing how the storm has shifted, slowed, turned westward, uh, whatever, just trying to figure out if we're going to get this game in. So it's been a phenomenal uh, few days of tracking this storm, and I'm excited to talk about it a little bit later on in this podcast. I wish I, I enjoyed anything in the world as much as you enjoy weather. I was texting um, you I was texting you like 15 times a day with different updates. I put, I, yeah, it's, I ignored, it's been amazing. I, I had to set you to ignore because I was at work and you were, <laughs> you were texting me about the weather, and I just can't get as jacked up about it as you do. Uh, my dude this week is going to be um, AJ Dillon and and just how not only how how he kind of trans, transcends football at this point at, at the college level. I know it's Holy Cross, so we don't get too too worked up, but uh, it was pretty clear to see you know to the illustration of just one of the top players in college football going against people that are not the top de- uh, defensive players in college football, and it was the easiest thing in the world for him. And it, it, it was I've never seen anything like it at, at the college football level before. Um, Howard was bad, but the mismatch of A.J. Dillon compared to these Holy Cross defenders was uh, unlike anything I've never seen. But really, my dude is um, A.J.'s press conference after the game. Um, everyone was asking about, about you know those runs that he had, and it was like, hey, A.J., how, how, much, how, how many yards do you think you could have gone for? How many touchdowns do you think you would have had? And immediately, all he does is just redirect all the credit to his teammates. Um, and I know it's kind of corny, but it's cool that to, you know, he's only a sophomore. He's a young he's kid. He's remarkably polished. Um, immediately he's redirecting the question he's being like hey you know that was cool but how great was it that that ben glines and cj lewis got their first touchdown yeah. so having a kid like that in the program is enormous um you know beyond his, obviously his athletic ability it's just awesome that we get him for uh, for one more year after this before he becomes probably the first first overall pick and the 2020 draft. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's a credit, you know, obviously to him and, and, you know, how he was raised, but it's also a little bit of a credit to, uh, you know, I think the staff at BC, I'm sure they coach up these guys a little bit. Obviously it's clear that he's got a tremendous amount of natural ability when it comes to the press conference side of things. But, uh, you know, also give a shout out to our, you know, whatever SIDs or, or whoever coach these guys up to actually talk how about coach Adazio and coach Adazio. Yep. We'll give him credit. Although coach Thanks. Adazio, I love him, but he's not, you know, necessarily the most eloquent guy. In Yawkey, another another hard disagree. Another hard disagree. That's fine. I think well, yeah. <laughs> I think if we if we go down that road, this this will be a three hour episode. So I don't I don't have a lot for Eagles. I don't actually have anything for Eagles in the Wild. I don't know if you do. Um, I, I can kick it off. It's it's a quick one. Um, obviously, uh, week one of the NFL kicked off this past weekend. Um, and it, this might be my Eagles in the Wild every week, but uh, D back U is back. Uh, Justin Simmons and John Johnson. John Johnson looked phenomenal on Monday night. Sick. They had some sick interceptions in week one. Um, so shout out to obviously Coach Adazio, first and foremost. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Coach Campanelli for building up uh, these guys. I mean, they're they're just incredible. Um, they're great for the program because it's it's not just that BC guys get drafted. It's it's they play. They start and they make impact plays. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The other eagle in the wild that I do want to mention because you mentioned him last week. Uh, Matt Ryan, of course, played on Thursday night. He was your starting quarterback in our fantasy matchup. Again, I, I think we've covered this in many episodes, but we do actually have other friends. It just happens to work out this way that whenever we talk about it, it's Matt and Matt and I playing each other in fantasy. We do have other friends in this league. But anyways, he was your starting quarterback. And I had this joke queued up uh, that I just pulled up here. Uh, Matt Ryan, you said he was an Eagles in the wild. He was more like a Falcon in captivity on Thursday night. Matt, yeah, that's... Uh, that's- uh, let's do this corpus. Is that is that next? Yeah, I'm gonna. Tr- <laughs> I'm, de- de- 
I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll start with the first one. In general, this was a pretty bad week of matchups. Week two it was just a lot of, uh, you know, FCS group of five games, especially for the ACC. The only real test we had in, as a conference, when I say we, uh, was Clemson, of course. They did survive it. It was actually a pretty good game. They got some interesting calls, specifically that fumble on the goal line. Um, but overall, kind of a boring week uh, as far as the ACC is concerned. Yeah. I mean, the other primetime game was obviously Pitt at Penn State. Not good. The score the score got out of hand. Not good. Um, Pitt gave him a game for like the first quarter and a half, though. So uh, there's something to be said there. That's true. Um, but outside of that, yeah, you're, it was a it was a quiet week. Um, obviously, the other one to talk about is is uh, Florida State. Florida State barely squeaked That's by right. uh, a team that they I didn't know existed. Samford, which could be if you give me 50 guesses what state that's in, I don't know that I'd get it. Um, but they were uh, they were they were down, uh, I think, into the fourth quarter. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it was it was it was pathetic showing. I mean, it, and everyone, it, it just goes to show how smart you and I are because we were all over. The Florida State still stinks, and Willie Taggart is not Bill Belichick, and you know Francois is not Tom Brady, and they're not just going to figure it out all, figure it out overnight. They were horrible last year. They're just as bad this year. They've already given up on the entire season. They brought out the turnover backpack, which is the most pathetic item I've seen in in the sporting world in recent memory and. I would just be so embarrassed if I was a Florida State fan. And so I'm so happy for so many reasons that I'm not a Florida State fan or alum, but just an absolutely embarrassing showing and a really bad look for all of the ACC voters who said they were going to be the only ones who would give Clemson a tough shot this year. I can't figure them out because you know Francois good. You know that they have skill do, do, do we know he's good? Like We know he's good because everyone says he's good. No, I mean, before he got hurt, I don't know what their record was when he played that full year as a freshman, but... Um, you know, he led them to at least double-digit wins, right? And then he was hanging tough with Alabama even last year. So, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 kind of bizarre. But, you know, they have the players. You know, they have the talent. Um, obviously, the offensive line is a, a huge issue. But, irregardless, I mean, let's see what happens this weekend against Syracuse. That's really uh, a really good barometer for just how bad your program is if you lose to Syracuse. Yep. Eric Dungy's feeling it against, you know, some terrible teams. Um, but it's still Eric Dungy. He knocked off uh, Clemson. And uh, I, I guarantee he must be a senior by now, right? He's, he's been, elite. He he's, been in the, he's been at Syracuse for at least seven years. Um, he's he's been there longer than than uh, what's his name McNamara. Um, sure, so McNamara, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens uh, this Saturday. But I, I I think if Florida State loses to Syracuse, we can officially uh, you know call them done. I, yeah, I think they're officially done. Syracuse. The only thing I'll add, their offense actually looked pretty good again against not two great two not great opponents. Excuse me. Uh, but their defense continues to be horrible. So that could be a shootout. And, yeah, Florida State loses. It's over. Uh, two other just quick notes. Purdue, our opponent next week, lost to Eastern Michigan. So they are terrible. But well, they're and up and coming. They're Eastern up and Michigan's coming. Up and coming. That's, that's turned into a game that if we lose, we have serious issues. Um, and then the other one, shout out to our very good friend and former guest of the program, Patrick Tolls. Huge win for Kentucky this weekend over Florida. Uh, they definitely deserve a shout out. I would say that was the biggest upset and the biggest win really of the weekend. I guess Arizona State, Michigan State was a pretty big one as well, but uh, that was a big one. And we continue to creep up in the top twenty-five. We're staying pretty steady at, at twenty-eight, which isn't surprising after this week. I think that's a win when you play Holy Cross. You don't. Yeah, drop back. I, I agree completely. Uh, Although I'm a Gamecock guy, the, the Gamecocks, as everyone knows, are my SEC school. Um, and it was tough. They they just were completely outmatched by LSU. So uh, that was tough to watch. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what you think, uh, but personally, if we win this week, and especially if it's convincing, I, I see us pretty much a lock for uh, in the 20 to 25 range come next Sunday. Yeah, no question. I haven't done the, the 
complete analytics and figured out who's ahead and who's everyone playing. But um, yeah, no question. I, I like us to be, well, Matt, let's, let's focus on beating Wake. First let's get a win. That. Let's get a win. Yeah. So with that, let's move into Wake, but you have to adjourn the court first. Uh, court adjourned. Good. Good job. Thank you. Uh, all right. Wake Forest. So before we get into it, I do want to just talk a little bit of hurricane stuff. We are recording this now on Wednesday night. Uh, so just less than 24 hours till kickoff. There was a lot more uncertainty earlier in the week when I was really chasing the storm. So I'll kind of give you uh, what we have now and where we stand. So putting my Maddie meteorology hat on for this one uh, really took that character to heart over the past couple of days. Like I said earlier, storm chasing is just a total rush. Now I get why Jim Cantori has so much fun all the time, although he does not answer us on Twitter, which is a little bit annoying. So anyways, we have Hurricane Florence bearing down on the southeast coast of the United States. Projected to be one of the strongest strikes on record uh, on this part of the East Coast. Normally, as everyone knows, the storms hit Florida, uh, the Gulf, kind of that general area. But this is going to be really bad in North and South Carolina. And now with the latest projections going to be you know, even more into Georgia, a little more southern. So the forecast has been changing a lot throughout the week. You know, it was originally supposed to hit, uh, you know, midday Thursday. And at that point, the game looked certainly in doubt. But throughout the forecasts that have come in, the storm has slowed slightly, uh, as well as shifted uh, slightly west and slightly south. So while, it, you know, before we're just going to come and sit on top of North Carolina, now it's going to hit a little more South Carolina and Georgia, as well as North Carolina. Um, so it's, again, as I said, with the, with the forecast, it's continuing to slow, which is worse news for real life, because now it's going to hit the coast and, and basically just sit on top of, uh, the land and, and not move on and just dump rain. The flooding's going to be really bad and it's going to be really dangerous uh, and all of that. But as far as we are concerned, as far as only football is concerned, this is good news for the game. The landfall now, which again is just the eye of the hurricane, important to keep in mind, but the landfall is now, I think, pushed back to Friday afternoon. So we have plenty of time and it's about 150 miles wide and, and Wake Forest is like 200 miles inland. So we have plenty of time to get this game in on, on Thursday night. It should be pretty much completely unaffected by the weather. There might be some rain or, or some light wind, but I think that's honestly independent of the hurricane, just, just kind of some other weather systems. Um, the main concern beyond actually getting the game in, obviously when there was questions, was more about getting the players, officials, fans in and out of Wake, uh, in and out of Wake Forest, as well as not overutilizing resources. So again, now that there's a little more time, that's not as big of a concern, though still a big concern. Uh, they moved most of their Saturday games to Thursday night in the area, so they, they felt pretty confident that uh, Thursday night's going to be right? good to go. Yeah, the ex- high school games, exactly. So uh, canceled a ton of our college games in the area, so we're lucky to get it in. Uh, worth, I think the most notable one that to, to note is NC State-West Virginia canceled their game. Just too um, bad. I was looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, that, that, that was going to be a great game, and now it's pretty much certain that NC State's going to come into our game undefeated because they're not playing anyone. They play UVA oh. and Marshall the next two weeks. So I guess that's the upside. Well, it's just going to look good for them, and they're going to be excited. But you know, it's not going to really show us anything. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, really, a really, I'll say a really fun week. Um, you know, which is I know kind of a messed up thing yeah, to, to say because I obviously say. first and foremost we hope everyone stays safe, and that's our number one concern. Football is certainly not our number one concern in this situation. Um, but it was it was wild to to track all the different forecasts and keep an eye on everything and. Uh, so I get it. I get why people become meteorologists. I could see that as a career. I've considered quitting fourth and dude in my real job and chasing hurricanes, but I think I'll hold off at least to the next season, at least. And I'll speak purely anecdotally here, and I don't want to be insensitive to hurricanes because I know they're very serious and they're, they're very bad. Um, the only run, run in that I really had with, with a hurricane was in my South Carolina days. Hurricane, not Hugo. Wait, like did you? Did you? That, that did, was a really bad one. Did you um, live in South Carolina? People don't know this. I you did. don't. You don't, you don't did, mention yeah. this. You don't mention this enough. 
oh, it comes up. Um, so uh, Hurricane Floyd was supposed to be, you know, the worst hurricane since Hurricane Hugo and beyond. Um, I don't know. It was probably second grade or something. And uh, it so we got, you know, three or four days off of school canceled just preemptively, uh, which was a real treat. And it came and it never came. So it didn't, it, it didn't actually come. I guess I'll rephrase that. It, it. it never actually came. It was, I remember it was like the, the Thursday that we were off from school and it was, uh, it was sunny and 75 out. So, um, you never know what, what, what these hurricanes are going to do, whether they're actually going to hit. This one seems like a pretty sure thing. This is a sure thing. Radius. It's going to be very bad. It's going to be very bad. Um, but we're going to play some football, uh, beforehand just to, uh, just to be on the safe side here. And I mean, there was a ton of implications on the football side, um, you know, had they not gotten this game in, I didn't read the bylaws of the ACC contract or, or whatever, but I know from precedent, at least as far as the SEC is concerned, um, you know, there's a situation between, uh, I'm not gonna remember the teams, Florida and Florida LSU, and LSU, maybe. Florida oh, was and LSU. It? Yeah, a couple years ago, um, where the game got canceled and then they determined that they had to play the game in order to be eligible for the SEC championship, which Florida was in contention for. Um, so they ended up uh, squeezing it in at some point, um, but but either way, uh, ha- having a conference game rescheduled is kind of a nightmare. So uh, there, there were a couple of options out there, and frankly, man, I was kind of rooting for a, a October reschedule so we would avoid this true freshman quarterback that looks like he's Johnny Heisman. So uh, unfortunately, we are going to have to face him. All right, but Thursday. you understand that if he if he continued to be this good, they would just actually start him over Kendall Hinton. Uh, that's come a October. good loophole. Yep, that's not a loophole <laughs> I considered. Matt. He's not dying tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really happy we got it in just because I'm psyched for this game watch tomorrow night at Dewey's. Uh, yeah, we're ready to see time is you awesome. know, the Eagles against some some real opponents. Real team, yeah. I'm tired of waiting, here. right. Absolutely tired of waiting. All right, so enough hurricane talk, although I'm going to sneak a little bit more in uh, in about two seconds. But sure you will. on to Wake Forest, on to an actual opponent this year So we or this, this year so far. Uh, so it's time to talk some actual football. But before we do so, we, of course, have to get into our usual topics. Fun facts, travelability, again, different from tailgate ability for road games. And we're doing a little bit of a change of our top five notable alumni. Uh, but you have any fun facts to get us started? Yeah. And mine's actually really fun. Uh, we'll see if you get it just based on, you know, without me explaining it first. Um, the Winston-Salem, or let me start over. No, that, that's a good start. The Winston-Salem, the city of Winston-Salem has a minor league baseball team, which is a single-A affiliate of the White Sox. Um, and they're called the Winston-Salem Dash thoughts do you get it winston-salem dash i I don't get it because winston is hyphenated with salem so that's like it's hyphenated it's like dash winston dash salem interesting they used to be called the warthogs back in 2008 but they changed to the dash interesting um which the dash i hate as a name and the warthogs are great (laughs) so not sure what they were doing there so it's not that fun that's my fun fact matt i'll tell you wake forest itself is really difficult to get fun facts for Maybe maybe you had better luck. Well, no, I agree. I, I actually remember the same thing last year, so I switched this up. And again, I mentioned hurricanes were going to come back up, but I'm making my fun fact this week about hurricanes. So I have a couple here. Uh, first one is not fun; it's actually terrifying. But hurricanes have killed over two million people uh, over the span of the last two hundred years. So that's horrible. Um, yeah, it's a fun. The segment's called fun facts. All right, it's more facts about hurricanes is what I'm changing the Wake Forest fun facts section. I'm, too, I'm taking a lot of artistic license this episode. Again, as we'll see in the top five notable alumni section. Um, so that's my first one. They are called typhoons if they happen in the Northwest Pacific, cyclones in the South Pacific, 
and hurricanes in the Atlantic. So they're all the exact same storm. It's just a matter of where they occur. I thought that was Typhoon, kind of interesting. Typhoons are purely in Asia though, right? Yeah, Northwest Pacific, right. Like okay. So typhoons are like specifically Japan. Cyclones are pretty much anything else in the South Pacific. And then lastly, so to track them, to actually figure out, you know, wind speeds and, and everything like that, they have a group of the Air Force that is specifically designed to fly planes directly into the hurricanes and like drop a bunch of measurements out of it. So they literally, and there was video of it, you know, on the news this week of planes flying. Like Armageddon a little bit. Yeah, into and out of the hurricane eye, which is like just bananas. I don't like flying. Oh, but they're anywhere. not trying to... They're not trying to break up the hurricane. No, you're thinking Ar- no, you're thinking Armageddon, where they flew to an asteroid, the asteroid and then blew it up right. with a nuclear. Maybe Before it would work it gets here. To zero barrier. Right. 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 Maybe it would work here. They. I don't think they've tried that. This is more just for measuring and making cool videos. Probably a lot of turbulence. I don't like flying in nice weather. So God bless those guys. Got it. Um, all right. So as Matt said, we have the typical segment. It's the notable alumni starting five plus six man. However, as you guys are aware, we did this segment this time last year. We've already done Wake Forest starting five and six man. Um, so my co-host came up with a great idea that remains to be seen how great it is. But it actually, uh, I was skeptical at first, but I think you guys will like it. It we'll came see. together nicely. So rather than do top five Wake Forest alumni, we're going to do, for any school that we've done so far, do top five basically opponent nicknames. So like when we play Clemson, we're going to do the top five Tigers of all time. So like spoiler alert, Tiger Woods will be on that list. So for these guys, it's a little tougher because there's Demon Deacons, which is not a real thing. So there's really again, difficult. some artistic license here. The only thing I do want to add before we get into our, our, our six picks here uh, is that the real-life Wake Forest alumni did have an astronaut as well. I know that's been a running theme we've seen. They did have one astronaut. Uh, I've got some good ones here for the Demon Deacons, top five Demon Deacons. I don't know if, if you want to get started with the number one overall pick. I I don't know how excited you are about yours or, or, or what, but happy to go first I have a lot or, of, or you can take I have it. a lot of non-number one picks. Why don't you get it kicked off? This is your segment. Sure. Um, let's see Let's see how this goes. Sure. So first overall pick, I'm going with Deacon Jones. He was a Hall of Fame defensive end for the Los Angeles Rams, known as one of the greatest defensive end of all time, nicknamed Secretary of Defense. Died a couple years ago uh, before the Rams moved back to L.A., which is which is unfortunate because he was big, you know, on that campaign of trying to get them back to uh, to Los Angeles. But yeah, no. Can I cut in? Yeah, Deacon Jones. Get this. I, I added a fun fact here about Deacon Jones. He gave himself the nickname Deacon after joining the Rams because there were too many David Joneses in the local phone book. Interesting. That's a very Did fun you know fact. That? Is that a true fact? Yeah. That's on a, his Wikipedia page. That's a really good fact. So he was on your list as well then. Yes. Uh, the only thing I'll, There's not a lot of other deacons. No, there's yes. not. It was a short list. So he, he, he got involved in acting after the NFL uh, appeared, and, and you probably know him in, in shows such as The Brady Bunch, The Odd Couple, Wonder Woman, uh, Alf. So just a phenomenal resume, one of the best defensive ends of all time, and apparently a good actor. And, it, and named Deacon. That's kind of checking all three boxes there. Well, I'm in trouble here, Matt. That was uh, that was one that I, I figured I just had to have in order to make this list work. But um, let's see how this goes here. Um, my first one uh, is going to be Dementors. Nice. So that's from Harry Potter. Pretty good. Uh, I don't have to explain it. They uh, they were the original, uh, I guess I'll say, um, uh, targeting. Maybe not targeting. What's the word I'm thinking of? You yeah, know, the Dementors kiss. Targeting. It's, yeah, they um, they lower the helmet. It's kind of yeah. It's it's sort of like unnecessary roughness on on their part. Um, but I'll tell you what, our linebackers play a lot like Dementors. So I'm I'm kind of getting this back to football here. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they um, the way they attack the ball carrier. So um, Dementors is my second pick. Um, my number three pick is going to be Jocks Timothy Demunbrian. 
Demon Bruin, who was a Frenchman, uh-huh, um, who was the first citizen of Nashville. Um, and as you know, Nashville is a great city. So we're stretching here. I understand that, Matt. Um, but Demon Bruin it works. Is, it works. Is a fa- it's a famous street in Nashville. It's it's parallel to Broadway, which is you know where all the magic happens. Um, and actually, this is the first ever breaking news that we've had here. I'm officially having my bachelor party in Nashville, so it's, oh, uh, hey, it's a topical <sighs> one as well. Yeah, thanks. So, That's awesome. Um, and he was a French man, and he was the first citizen in Nashville, and he was a, I think he was a, a French and Indian war hero as well. So okay, um, de Munbrian. De- yeah, and uh-huh. Demon is in the name there. Just again, to yes. make sure everyone is following along here. I like that, Matt. You did really good. You kind of undersold thanks. yourself. You came in Matt, strong there. Well, we're in trouble for number five or six. So, we'll, oh, I got you. I'll, 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 I'll take it. I got a top ten here ready to go. <laughs> uh, with the fourth overall pick, I'm going to go with Dave Bautista, former WWE champ and WWF champ under the ring name Deacon Bautista. Uh, I think he also goes by just just Bautista, but Deacon Bautista was at least his name for a little little while. Four time heavyweight champ. He won a couple tag team matches with Ric Flair. Longest reign of of any world heavyweight champion of all time. He headlined WrestleMania 21. He's now an actor, mainly known for his role in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, and the Avengers. He's a humongous guy, and he was also one of the bad guys or one of the henchmen inspector. Deacon Bautista, uh, again, on the Demon Deacon theme. My That was the fourth bit. How does that fit into the... the his name's David Bautista? Yeah, but he his, his wrestling name was Deacon Bautista. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, so Demon gotcha. Deacon. Um oh, wow. I'm going to go with my fifth pick here, a gentleman by the name of Irving Crane. So he was one of the best pool players in the history of the sport, but he is nicknamed the Deacon is why he fits here. He has six world billiard titles, which is, I think, just a tremendous number. I think that's a hard feat to achieve. So one of the best of all time, nicknamed the Deacon uh, for his work on the green felt. Okay, the last one on my list here, I was kind of having this one off to the side because I think I'd have to present it. Um, We'll do a shout out to all the older listeners uh, matt have you ever heard of steely dan the band certainly have they're they're like sneaky one of the best kind of uh kind of uh, i don't know what i don't even know what the genre is but i enjoy listening to them as i guess i'll say okay. they have a song called deacon blues which is just an absolute electric factory um that is my list of demon deacons yeah i gotta tell you man I, I'm, I'm very impressed you, you know i think i think you were a little hesitant to this idea when i presented it and, and a little gun shy about your picks but Great job. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I think it will get easier. This was probably the the hardest. Uh, I think Orange will be tough when we play Syracuse. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, all right, next, the, the the last bit before we actually talk football, which I'm sure. Do you have honorable is. mentions? I want to hear your honorable mentions. Oh, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, thank you for reminding me. So uh, Deacon Palmer was the name of Kevin James's coworker and best friend on the show King of Queens, which is a funny CBS sitcom in the early 2000s. Is it? Uh, is it funny? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I like to think my humor has evolved a little bit from when I was in like sixth grade, but whatever. Uh, and then my last one, this is again, cause I'm like, you know, a math guy, whatever, uh, thought experiment demons. So it's kind of a term of, you know, philosophers when they're coming up with logical, uh, logical thought experiments, they imagine, uh, these, these entities that have special abilities as a way to highlight paradoxes in their thought experiments. Uh, so, you know, Descartes and Laplace had a couple famous thought experiment demons. I'll give a good example here, a guy by the name of Maxwell. Uh, so it's known as Maxwell's demon. Basically, he had this idea that there's a demon that can distinguish between fast and slow molecules. And if this demon only lets fast moving molecules through a trap door, um, the temperature inside a container would increase, which would increase without any work being done, which 
violates the second law of thermodynamics because obviously, as we all know, entropy needs to remain the same in a you know, given environment. So that's kind of an example there, again, kind of for the for the you know smart BC folks that we're that we're talking to. So that's all I had. Apologies, apologies there for asking about yeah. the mentions. Yep. Um, let's keep the show moving here, Matt. Yeah, Thank tra- you for that for sharing that. That was great. Um, the, what's next? The, the tailgate ability rankings. So travel ability ratings again for road well, games. Who do travel tailgate- ability. Oh, oh, that's right. It's out of, okay, so, it's out of five RVs, Well, so Matt, vehicles. I want to make an amendment to that. I think that we should keep the scale the same. And I've been thinking about this a long time. You went and, and went rogue on me with the natties. You changed the natties to the Bud Light for the tailgate, tailgate ability rankings. Can we just keep the rankings consistent? What's the difference between five RVs and 30 RVs? That's a lot of RVs, man. Yeah, but five is, I mean, it's a, it's a good amount too. I mean, I think we're... So anyway, so mine's out of 30. So <laughs> I was kind of prepared to win that argument. So I'll go first. Um, so the travelability rankings to Wake Forest, which wasn't part of my fun fact, but Wake Forest is not located in Wake Forest. Wake Forest is actually located two and a half hours outside of where Winston-Salem, which is where Wake Forest is located, just outside of Raleigh. Anyway, I have 14.3 RVs, um, on account of the hurricane conditions, obviously bringing it down a little bit. Other than that, it's a huge game. It's kind of cool to have, you know... Five, a 5.30 game on a, on a Thursday, you can ditch work early, you have a couple cold ones on a school night, uh, you're down south, there's no rules. Um, again, the weather's bad and people are evacuating, so other than all that stuff, um, things are going great. Uh, so 14.3 RVs, I'd love to be down there. It's, it's Tomorrow's going to be a great day. All right, you're a little more positive than me. Again, I'm with you on the positives of the, of the game. It's the start of ACC play, 2-0 versus 2-0. We're chomping at the bit to see what this team actually has. It's, I think it's a sellout. If not, it's a virtual sellout. It is a night game bumped up to 530. Uh, this is where the negatives come in. The hurricane, no traveling. It would be a very bad idea for anybody to go to this game and to go in the area when you don't need to be. If this was a watchability score, this would get 4.8 out of 5 RVs. But because it is not watchability, it is travelability. What's the math? Well, because it is travelability, I'm giving this 0.4 out of 5 wow. RVs. No, no one should be traveling to this game, and it would be awesome if it was a nice night, a nice September night. But and it might be a nice September night, but it's not a good time to be traveling down there. Stay home. Zero point four RVs, which what'll be two point four uh, RVs on your scale of thirty. Math guy, not a big deal. Wow, I can't check that in my head. So I actually assume <laughs> you, you did that correctly. That seems really low, Matt. It's, it's a hurricane. It's, Don't travel during a hurricane. It really could not. The be hurricane's not going to hit you for a while. You, you have plenty, and it's probably not going to hit at all if, if Hurricane Floyd has anything to say about it. Um, all right. So with that, let's talk some football. How we match up, Matt? What do you have your eye on? Get it? Like a hurricane? Oh, that's actually that was a pretty good pun. Uh, so I mean, I think I think I'm excited to see what this quarterback Sam Hartman's actually going to bring to the game. Everyone is is talking about him like he is the second coming. This guy's played two games against Tulane and Towson. Uh, not exactly the fiercest opponents. Obviously, the offense looked good, and, and we talked about it a little bit last show, but the offense looked better than the, than the points that it put up against uh, Tulane in kind of an overtime victory. But at the end of the day, they did struggle and start slow with, with really both these teams. I mean, Towson, they were tied in the second quarter, obviously pulled away. But uh, I do think we're playing them at the right time, starting QB, Kendall Hinton suspended for the first three games. Tons of injuries over the first couple weeks for them. They've lost, I feel like, 10 guys, 10 starters pretty much every week. It's been... Pretty brutal down there. Obviously, we've been bit with the injury bug in the past, so a lot of sympathy there. Uh, and, you know, obviously you want to beat them at their best. But this is the first game either team has seen of ACC speed. I think, you know, we noticed it against UMass and Holy Cross, but it looked like we were on a complete – we were playing on, on rookie mode and our opponents were playing on, you know, varsity. Uh, it's going to look night and day when we actually go we got 
against the ACC team. So I am really excited to see how we stack up against them. They are very fast by all accounts. They've got this electric punt returner and wide receiver, Greg Dorched. He has two punt, he had two punt return touchdowns against Towson. The guy is apparently just like a lightning bottle of speed. So they're very fast in, in uh, you know, on, on a lot of their skill positions. So I'm excited to see how we match up against, uh, against all of that. Yeah. And just taking a step back. I mean, this, this wake team had a, had a great year last year. You know, Wake for over the past you know ten years or so has really been uh, more in the cellar than, than anything else. And I think they they uh, got to eight wins last year, really on the back of is it John or Bobby. Is it Bobby Walford? Uh, One of the Walford brothers. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it was John. John, yeah. it's John. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, we saw week two against them when we got blown out. I think thirty four to ten. It was Anthony Brown's. You know first real game right i guess he count northern Illinois. yeah northern anyway, Illinois is real. it's you know really uh this kid sam uh hartman. whatever his name is sam hartman. hartman he's kind of in anthony brown's shoes at this point it's his first you know real game against big competition um you know anthony made some mistakes that game that he probably won't make this time uh from a matchup uh standpoint it really comes down to you know they're they're solid in the air right we're solid on the ground both of us have really good lines um, but with the weather, right? Weather's the great equalizer, which I think actually is, is, is a detriment to us in this situation. I think we're a better team overall. I think we're a more complete team. Um, but weather also favors the team that can run the football. I and, agree. But again, you know, I, 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 I'm with you on your first point there. I think that there's no need for us to even introduce a wild card here. Again, I don't think it's actually going to be a wild card. I think it's going to be a pretty nice night. But, you know, you look at like Notre Dame, NC State a couple years ago, obviously it wouldn't be that bad. But uh, you don't want it when you're the better team. You just want to be able to just beat them straight up. You don't even want to throw in any extra variable. Yeah, it would help us, but that's kind of my thought on that. Their defense is absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Flacco, Tom Flacco, who is the younger brother of Joe, who I don't believe is elite, but maybe he is. But he plays for Towns- Towson, who um, again I don't think is a real school, but apparently they are. Um, he hung 30, 345 yards, three touchdowns on them last week. Um, so I think Tony touchdowns can probably do some damage, especially if the weather's cooperating. Yep. Um, you know, Dylan's going to show up. So, um, you know, at, at the baseline, they, I mean, we should have no problem, uh, you know, beating these guys. The only thing I'll say is, you know, they do have some playmakers. You touched on Dorch. Uh, they have those like three, the three headed running backs. Yeah. Cade, Cade Carney well. and Matt something. I forget. Colburn. Uh, yeah. Matt Holburn. Yeah, yeah. And, and you touched on her earlier, but. This true freshman quarterback is, has not been playing like one. I know it's Tulane. I know it's Towson. But if you if you watched them live, when we were when we were hurting for football uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were on against Tulane Thursday night, he looked really good. He looked really comfortable in there for his first ever start. Um, I'm kind of scared. It just crazy stuff happens when you play against true freshmen. Obviously, the yep. you know the Jake Fromms and the and the Tua's of the world, right? I'm not saying he's in that in that category, but um, he had a great highlight against. I, I know it's Towson. He had a great highlight where he. he I think it was an RPO, and he made a great read, and he, he ended up running for the touchdown. And I just think that, you know, he he can be sort of an X factor. We don't have any tape on him, or I guess we have a couple games at this point, but he's kind of an unknown at this point. So um, between all that, I'm just I'm nervous. This is a Wake Forest team that is really a, a mirror image of BC over the past few years. Uh, a lot of people are saying that it's going to come down to coaching, and a lot of people are giving that edge to Dave Colossen, who is a good coach. Um, he's not in my mind, Coach Adazio, but uh, remains to be seen at this point. So I don't call this a slam dunk win. I'm confident, but uh, there's so many variables involved that uh, 
it's a, it's enough to yeah. to kind of make me nervous. Yeah, I'm I'm with you again. I think that we are definitely the, the better and more complete team. But this is the the most nervous I've been about a early season BC game, maybe my entire life. And and really the reason is because I think that there is so much riding potentially on this season. I think that yeah. we have a team that 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 if it's the team that we think it is, this is one of the best teams in, in Boston college football history. I don't think that's, that's, you know, an over-exaggeration, at least what we think this team could achieve after Holy Cross, after UMass. Well, no, 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 but even, but even, you know, the preseason hype, whatever, if they come out and they lay an egg or, or, you know, get beat even in a close game, that just kind of ends our, uh, it, it, it vastly shortens our ceiling on what this season could be. Where before we're talking 11 wins, 10 wins, help 12 wins, that quickly ratchets way down. The expectations ratchet way down. So there's and people are calling for Dallas's hat again. Right. I can already, I can already there's see There's a ton of, this is, this He's is, I'm so, much so talent nervous. That, oh, by the way, he recruited, but you know, whatever. That's a separate, we, we, separate we, issue. Look, we haven't we'll lost yet. We haven't week lost week yet to so save it. Yeah, I, save I know. It I'm just, week. I'm already, I'm already ready to defend against all the pitchforks. So yeah, again, um, I, I cannot wait for kickoff. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's a little too bad that it's not 730 for the watching sake, just because I think, you know, give everyone more of a chance to get to wherever they need to get to. But I do think it helps us because I think that the stadium will be slightly, I'll even say significantly more empty. Wake didn't cancel any of their classes, which, you know, I don't, who knows how much that actually matters. Uh, but then I think a lot of people won't be traveling in for it or just won't want to travel in general with the hurricane coming, you know, overnight. So I think that it will be a subdued home atmosphere, which is, I think, a pretty big uh, upside for us. The only other thing I want to talk about with Wake uh, are two things, actually. So one, they've been pretty sloppy this year. Again, we talked about them playing inferior opposition. They have five turnovers so far, uh, three of those in the air. So for all the good stuff we've seen out of this freshman QB, he has still made freshman QB mistakes, three picks against two bad teams. So, you know, if our defense can be the defense that we expect and that we've seen so far, if we can get in their backfield, Zach Allen can get some, uh, can get hungry and we can get, you know, the ball Hawks back in the, in the defensive backfield, you know, some, some opportunities to make plays. I think that there's a humongous opportunity there last year in the game. That's what killed us was we got destroyed in the turnover battle. Hilleman had that terrible intercept, uh, terrible fumble. A.B., Tony touchdowns before he was pick Tony six. touchdowns through terrible pick six. Pick six. First half, right? So, you know, it really, in, in, in games where you're even somewhat evenly matched, it's going to come down to who is who is playing tighter, or, you know, who is playing the more clean game and, and the more put-together game. So that's that's my main thought is it's going to kind of come down to the turnover battle. Again, I, I think we are a much better team, and, and I'm hoping it shows, but it's it's it'll be a nerve-wracking day tomorrow until this until kickoff hits. Did you already talk about Dorch and his uh, two uh, yeah. return touchdowns? Yeah, you did say that. he's an electric factory. And again, the way our special teams have looked. Yeah, let's get our special teams in order. Not great, right. Yeah, I mean, not even a punter. Even the, the whoever, who's our who's our punter? I don't know, Carlson, is that his name? I mean, even on a clean punt, he can't get it very far. And if, right. if it is bad weather, then, um, you know, it really becomes A, turnovers, and B, uh, field position. So right. um, if, if in addition to that, you had Colt maybe being hurt, Tessitore missed an extra point. So, uh, you know, if special teams is not where it needs to be, then and, and that's a reason we lose, despite the you know uh, uh, what what appears to be a talent disparity, that would be very unfortunate. Well, that's my hope. That's my hope that we're we are just such a better team, and it doesn't matter. You know, like if we win by thirty and we miss three extra points, no, it's going to be a close cares? game, though. It, it's always it close against Wake. It's always close against Wake, and it's always uh, except for last year. But other than that, if you go down the list. We always play close with Wake for whatever reason. Well, we've, this is also the best team we've had in, in, in years. So uh, I'll get into my predictions now. I, I think that 
again, we, we've talked we talked about it, but I really do think we are a much better football team. I don't think Wake is as bad as I maybe thought they were going to be coming into the year uh, or even after they you know played Tulane, but I, I think we are such a better football team. I, there's a significant part of me and the optimist in me sees this game playing out a lot like UVA did last year. And again, I'll say that this is all assuming that the weather is, is fine. Uh, weather is not a factor here. I see this being a lot like UVA last year, where UVA came in strong and they were this upstart team, and you know they were everyone they were good, but they were good for being UVA, and we just absolutely smoked them. We were faster, we were stronger, we were cleaner, and and on every single phase of the ball, we forced turnovers, we had explosive plays, and, and we ran them out of the building forty-one to ten. There's a big part of me that sees this game going exactly that way, and and then we feel stupid for being worried. The other side of me that's probably more realistic I, again I, I can't get over the fact that we are just a better team AJ will wear them down and their oh I don't think we'll get much going against our defense so I do still think we win pretty comfortably uh, but I my, my final prediction is going to be 30 to 17 I think it will be a little hairier than I would like it to be it'll be tight but you know we'll grab a couple points at the end and, and pull away a little bit scoreline I don't think will reflect how close this game feels again I'm hoping that my optimist side is right and it's not even close from five minutes into the first quarter but I guess we'll see what happens in about 20 hours. I mean, their defense stinks on ice. They're really, really terrible. If uh, if Towson can get to with a mid 20s, I think we can uh, we can get a bit higher than that. So right. uh, my official prediction is going to be 38 to 35, and it will be exactly Yikes. as close as it sounds. I, I just I think with Wake and they're, they're again they're well coached. Um, they do have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. It might turn into a shootout. I don't know. This true freshman, I'm on the record again and again saying he scares the crap out of me. He's a young Bobby Walford, whoever the Walford first name is. He's a young Walford. And, uh, Just leave it at that. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Matt. So we'll see what happens. Um, but either way, it's it's nice to have some some big time football. I don't say big time. We're not there yet, but some uh, some real real football. ACC, real football, ready to go. And uh, it's gonna be great to watch tomorrow. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I, th- I think we'll we'll wrap it up with uh, any any final thoughts on your side. Yeah, I, I just Matt, we need this one. Obviously, the, I, I don't want to say this podcast is canceled if we don't have it. Um, but <laughs> hypothetically, say we do lose, um, it's going to be very very difficult to stay in the national conversation. So uh, this is and we're as so must close. Win. As must win of a game as we've had in a really long time at the Heights. Yeah, I completely agree. We're, we, we are so close to that, to breaking through to that national uh, conversation. So a win here would go a long way. Like I said, I'm, I'm just chopping at the bit to get real football underway. I cannot wait for this game tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be you know, one of the longest work days uh, of my post-grad career. Just waiting to get till 530. But we'll, uh, we'll see you all at Dewey's right after work. If you're in the New York area, enjoy the game from wherever it is you're watching. Uh, and, of course, a special shout-out to our listeners uh, and, and fellow BC fans and, and really just everyone in the Carolinas or anyone traveling to the game, be safe out there. That's obviously much bigger and much more important than uh, than any football game that you know may or may not be impacted by by the weather. Um, beyond that, as always, follow us on, on Twitter and the gram at 4th and Dude for our commentary on all things Eagles throughout Thursday night. We'll, uh, I'm sure, be pretty loud throughout the game on Thursday, both good and bad, and then you know throughout the week afterward. Uh, and Matt, I say it every week, but the road to 15-0 marches down. Two down, 13 to go. It's always a great day to be a dude.